Hello, Night Nation, and welcome to the Nightcap Podcast. We are coming at you with episode number three. Uh, as always, we appreciate all of the support we've gotten from Night Nation with our first two episodes. I think we've got a great one for you here today. I'm your host, Sean Stewart. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Cummings. How's it going, Tony? Man, it's going well. we got one month to spring football game, April 16th. Can't wait. You know, spring football started this week. I was pumped about that. You know, I just love football, so I don't care if it's a spring. Just got to have it. But super excited for this episode. It's going to be a really good one for you. Uh, we got a super great interview with Kalia Davis, a future NFL player, hopefully. Um, definitely, you'll love to hear what he has to say about the Combine and his stories about UCF. So please look forward to that interview coming up on this episode. And yeah, Night Nation, let's go. You know it, Tony. Obviously, we are all about football here, and you can feel it in the air. The team's getting back out there. They're, they're starting their spring practice. Players are back in school. It's a, it's a good feeling. Uh, it's the last bit of football we'll get before we uh, we go into the summer, so try to take advantage of that. But for this episode, we've got a really good one. As, as Tony was referencing, we have a an exclusive interview with Kalia Davis. Uh, he just completed the NFL Combine experience, and he's, he's ramping up to the draft and UCS Pro Day. So really excited to, to talk to him about all that and, and his experience after the season and, and his journey to the NFL. I think we're all very excited to follow him on the next level. In addition to that, we got a couple of news and notes that we want to dive into. Uh, you know, a couple of NIL deals coming through for some current UCF players. Uh, you know, some some nights in both the NFL and now the new USFL. And then want to dive in on kind of what's going on with the first spring practices uh, that started this week, as Tony mentioned. Um, so why don't we get started? News and notes. Um, first thing I think we want to dive in on is the Davin Widner NIL deal. Um, who did he end up signing with? He inks a deal with Lifestyle Brands. Um, it's a great opportunity for him. Can't wait to see how it turns out. But more importantly, again, guys, if you've been paying attention to this episode, to our episodes, this guy's a walk-on, and he's already got an NIL deal. So and things, uh, things are definitely sky's the limit for this kid. Looking forward to seeing him play. And, uh, yeah, this is really exciting that he got an NIL deal for being a walk-on on UCF. Three-star high school QB. Yeah, this is a whole new landscape for everyone. It's, I think we're all learning, including ourselves, how this is going to work for recruits. And obviously, even being a walk-on, I think really your marketability, just what, what kind of presence you have in social media and online is really important. Uh, you know, Speaking of, I don't know if you saw this this week, but the reportedly there's a five-star commit for the 2023 class that has already agreed to an $8 million NIL deal. Um, you know, that's really crazy. I can't even imagine, you know, I think back to Donald Delahay, the punter at UCF, having the issues he had just having a YouTube channel. Now we got a guy signing for $8 million to, to sign in 2023. It's just, it's wild. Yeah, it's a huge difference, man. I mean, back in the day, a player, a player could get fined for getting a free water bottle. And now this player has the opportunity to make $8 million. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I, I, you know, I did see confirmation that it's not Arch Manning, you know, the uh, <laughs> the, the the latest Manning protege who's going to come up and, you know, be be the savior for football, uh, supposedly, as he gets out of high school. Supposedly it's not him. Can you imagine what he can command? I can't imagine. And um, supposedly he can go anywhere he wants, and NIL deals are just going to be waiting for him. That, yeah, crazy. Now, moving back to the UCF side of things, though, I did see... Uh, you know, speaking of NIL, I, I did see some comments from Quan Lee this week, who's right now, I mean, when you think about recruits coming to UCF, he is the king of NIL deals right now. He was open for business from the start. But did you see the comments he, he made to uh, to recruit those visiting the Gators this week? I did. I did. I did see it. I mean, <laughs> please chime in on it. Cause yeah, so there's hilarious. a recruit that was on, on Twitter, and he was, you know, just like recruits do, posting that they were going to certain schools to visit and he posted that he was up in Gainesville, you know, trying to get some, um, get some comments on his visit to the Gators and Quan Lee, who is, um, he has not enrolled at UCF yet. He's going to come in the summer. Well, hold on. You're, you're missing the punchline. The kid asks, Hey, where's a good place to eat out here in Gainesville? <laughs> and Quan decided to answer. There's nothing good here in Gainesville. You got to head back down to Orlando. And I think that is just, Awesome. I love this kid, man. You know, he's like hardcore recruiting, talking smack. (laughs) 
Yeah, these recruits are are really uh, laying into the Gators right now. Let's uh, let's hope we can keep the upper hand uh, moving forward. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for sure. Where's there a good place to eat? Nowhere, man. Come to Orlando, man. This place sucks. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and 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 speaking of recruiting, there was a lot of uh, of prospects that have been around campus. Uh, you know, the last week or so, uh, some big four stars. Uh, you know, that have really been been interested in the campus and coming any any in particular that stood out to you well you know sincere edwards is a player that i really like he's a local kid out of uh, wakaiva high school he's gonna be a disruptor defensive and defensive tackle whichever position he chooses i think he could play both so nice to see him on campus um deandre robinson's a big name out of jones high school that we're all excited about hopefully he picks the hometown team um, he's got uh, some SEC officer, officers, uh, not officers, offers, sorry. So, but uh, like I said, we got him, a local guy, and then uh, Rockledge High School that's out on the coast, Cocoa Beach, Melbourne area. They got a really good program out there. There, um, so they they had um, they had some good players come out and visit as well. University of Central Florida, we're really canvassing all of central florida it's it's impressive i mean you see like you said over by uh you know the beach counties themselves all the way into orlando rock ledge we've talked about the pipeline to seminole we've talked about the pipeline to lake mary and apopka it's just it's uh they're not slowing down i mean all the way to tampa i mean another player that came uh clay weldon is a four-star offensive lineman and he came all the way from tampa so yeah to me central florida is tampa you know it's like you said it's uh, that whole that whole west coast of, of florida to the east coast of florida in that central florida region and there are a lot a lot of good programs that we can take advantage of and our coaches don't have to go too far so we need to keep uh keep those pipelines going and keeping those home team players home yeah, the profile of those recruits are really just increasing um, year over year compared to what we're used to with our previous coaching staffs. Obviously, Malzahn is used to to dipping his toe in those waters of the four- and five-star recruits, and he's not afraid to go there now. You know, if he can get a big group of these people or of these higher-star recruits to come to UCF, I mean, this last year's greatest class ever is is has a chance to really <laughs> look like nothing compared to some of these future ones that he could ultimately get. No, you're absolutely right. All the coaches that Gus hires and Gus himself, they're not scared to recruit these players because they've already been doing it. And on top of that, these high school coaches love Gus. I mean, they love Gus. They Gus is on a pedestal for them. He's a high school coach that took it all the way to the top, won, in, um, won a, a championship as an offensive coordinator, uh, took his team as a head coach uh, all the way to the promised land, and this is a high school coach. So high school coaches love Gus. So Gus can go to any high school and talk to any coach and be connected to the players. So that's an opportunity that we have, and it's paying dividends. Gus can recruit, so we're lucky to have him. So, you know, thank you. And Gus, we trust, baby. Gus Bus. I love it. How can you not get pumped about stuff like that when you're watching the team do this, when you're watching the coaching staff have such passion for it? You just hope that uh, they stick around long term and really build us up as we move into the big Yeah, speaking of that, we didn't lose any coaches except one. Uh, so that that shows you that there's uh, these coaches in it for the long run, and um, I'm just hoping they you know they're they get paid as well when we go to the Big Twelve. Hopefully they boost their salary as well because we have some great coaches and I don't want them to leave. You know that's a really good point. And we just saw Cincinnati. Luke Fickle just signed a much larger extension, and they I think they almost doubled the pool for assistant coaches. And I think there was a lot of chatter on social media right after that happened. UCF fans kind of saying, okay, this is going to happen soon, right? And while I don't necessarily think that's going to happen this year, if Gus is able to build on the 9-win season he just had, I don't think that's out of the out of the question that next year we see that kind of a bump. 100%, yeah, because you're right. The fans are scared that we're going to lose T-Will because T-Will is an amazing recruiter. We love his energy. We think that our defense is going to be very promising with him, so we don't want to lose him. So, yeah, we definitely want that assistant coach pool to grow. Mm-hmm. And we know Terry, he's going to be on it. He's going to make sure we have what we need. Uh, we've got really good leadership here at UCF right now. For sure, for sure. And speaking of uh, UCF Knights, want to talk about Knights in the league. You know, we love our Knights. This program is all about UCF football, uh, future uh, NFL players, and in this case, USFL, the spring new professional football league that we're going to talk about. And, but we're going to talk about UCF players, that anything they do, uh, either if they're into video games or 
into art like Aaron Evans that does art. So as long as they're part of the UCF football program and we feel like it's connected to UCF, you know, we're going to talk about it, so be prepared for that. But let's get into this. There's uh, three players that got drafted recently for the USFL League, um, previous uh, UCF alumni and Knights. Rashad Kasi Jr., cornerback uh, drafted by the Tampa Bay Bandits. Renal Hall, wide receiver drafted by the Tampa Bay Bandits. And Marlon Williams, uh, wide receiver drafted by the Birmingham Stallions. What are your thoughts on the U- USFL League and, and uh, about our Knights in it? Well, I mean, my first thought is that it sounds like when Birmingham is in Tampa playing the Bandits, we got to go make it. We got to go see it. You know, we got to go support our UCF Knights out there. I think that'd be a, a really fun game. We got Marlon Williams, the receiver for the Stallions, going against uh, Causey, the DB for the Bandits. We got to go see it, first and foremost. The second thing, you know, I hope that the USFL sticks around. I think f- there's enough players in the pipeline, there's enough uh, room for uh, a minor league NFL team. So, you know, selfishly more football is a is a good thing and i'm excited to see it but you also love to see ucf players continuing the the their career in some way uh you know the all these guys had big moments for ucf causey was on that uh that 2017 team with with frost that went undefeated uh you know we had ronell hall was on that team with bortles that beat uh baylor in the fiesta bowl sure we all remember him running wild scoring touchdowns in that baylor game um you know and then Obviously, Marlon Williams had a huge season before he uh, he left the school. Uh, you know, with Dylan Gabriel, he was his number one wide receiver. So, I mean, it's great to see them getting some recognition, getting into the op- getting some opportunities to continue their career. For sure, for sure. You, you know, speaking of that, did did you see Rashad Perryman? Is uh, he's sticking around with Tampa Bay? Yeah. Well, if you guys don't know, I'll let you know. Tampa Bay Buccaneers is my favorite team, so I'm glad to have another uh, UCF night on there to cheer for. So looking forward to seeing him play again. I mean, I've always loved uh, Pierman when he had that uh, amazing catch out uh, for UCF for the to win uh, the co championship that year. I forget the team it was against, but it was that was an amazing. It was ECU. It was ECU. The- was it ECU? I, I thought it was, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Sorry <laughs> about that. But uh, it's yeah. one of the best plays in UCF history. The Hail Mary. You damn right it is. Yeah, that was an amazing play. Whew. Yeah. So you'll always be a favorite of mine. That play alone. So glad to see him with the Bucks, and uh, I'm glad to see he got that contract. Definitely, definitely. I'm sure he's excited. Um, you know, after Tom Brady comes back, you know, maybe he was thinking, I don't know, if I go back to Tampa Bay, I'm not sure who's going to be throwing me the ball. Tom Brady comes back, absolutely. Let's re up. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Go Bucks. <laughs> hey, I mean, we're, we're close enough to Tampa, uh, you know, but. Always excited to see uh, former UCF Knights continuing their success on the football field. On that note, I think the fans want to know who your favorite team is. Uh, uh, so, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, you know, that that's my team. And, uh, you know, you love them or you hate them. And so I'm sure I'm going to have some people listen to this podcast that are, you know, sitting there going, you know, how about them Cowboys? They got some others that are very sad for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. there is a Knight on that team. Yeah, there is. Tristan Hill. That's yeah, right, baby. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully he can have a big year and always hoping to, to have more Knights drafted to drafted to my team, the Cowboys, definitely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into the spring practice. Yeah, so for, for anybody listening, um, you know, if you listened to our last podcast, you heard, us, uh, you heard our spring primer and us talk about some key position battles and, and when things started. So March 14th, this past Monday, was the first spring practice. Uh, so we really got the opportunity to see everyone on the field. And then, um, you know, there were a few press conferences of note, uh, Gus Malzahn, Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator, and then our uh, our star receiver, Ryan O'Keefe. R-O-K. They all had press conferences and, um, you know, were able to kind of talk about how it's going. Uh, were you able to catch any of that leading into the spring? Yeah. You know, what I caught that was interesting to me is uh, our new offensive coach, uh, Chip Lindsey. He said he was really impressed with the team, um, how knowledgeable they were, the players we already had on the field, and how much talent we had. Uh, it was from my perspective. He said the guys had good energy. He was uh, especially impressed with Mikey Keene. Um, he said he could tell that he was very confident and he pl- as he played, and he also said he, that Mikey Keene understands his weaknesses and is a very smart player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point you mentioned right at the beginning there that, um, you know, the, the players that are here, they're smart. They know the playbook. They know what's going on. 
Uh, Gus Malzahn, he, he referenced in his press conference how different this year is compared to last year in that last year he was a new coach coming in. He didn't know his players. He didn't know what he had. The players didn't know the system. And then let's be real. You know, there's a whole new playbook. There's a whole new practice schedule. There's a whole new stretching routine. There's a whole new workout routine in the weight room. So players are trying to adjust. You know, they're, they're used to some, to one thing. They've got to completely move to another so that whole spring, they were really trying to teach the players just overall how they wanted to do things and evaluate the talent they had on the roster. So he mentioned in the press conference that last year they practiced four days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. But this year, they're able to scale that back to three days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And that gives them a full day in between every practice where they can get in the film room and they can really start correcting players um, instead of having to install a full playbook. Uh, you know, I I was impressed with how the team came out last year. Do you think we're, we're looking at a, at a, a second-year jump under Malzahn? I mean, there was a second-year jump from a mascot for us at UCS team. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> National chance, baby. But with that being said, absolutely there's going to be a jump. I mean, these players, you could tell – not every single player, but most of them, by the end of the season last year, were already understanding the system and were becoming go-to players. And this case, those players are going to add on to that value and more of other players are going to add on to that value that you didn't get to see play last year that's going to be openings because that's how it is. Every year you got seniors, you got uh, you know players that choose to retire or what it be or transfer. Um, there's always going to be opportunity for next man up. And there's a lot of players that got to learn that playbook that didn't get to shine that you might not even know their name. But you're going to be pretty surprised after the spring and in the fall that they're going to get to shine. So looking forward to see what happens with the spring. You know, spring ball is really important. I mean, some people might think it's a just glorified practice, but I don't think so. I think it's a real key for the development of a team and to find out how players have grown from year over year. Well, yeah, the camaraderie, you know, um, the position battles, you know, integrating transfers, uh, you know, all of it. Spring is really important to set that foundation for the year, so that when they get get to the beginning of the season, they're they're preparing for the for the the opponent instead of having to really install a lot of this stuff. So having an, a second year against Malzahn, I think, is going to really help. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about. You know, last year we had a lot of injuries throughout the season. Um, I do think we're coming into camp pretty healthy, um, but there were some injuries coming into camp that I wanted to call out. You know, right off the bat, there are four players that are starting the spring camp out for various injuries. Uh, Jared Baker and Jarvis Ware, the DBs, are out. Jarvis Ware uh, tore his ACL last year. He's still recovering. Um, He should still be able to get on the field uh, this season, but, you know, takes a while to recover from those ACL injuries. Uh, Riker Casey, the kicker um, that we that I don't think saw the field last year. Um, and then we have the, really the most notable out player is, is Quadric Bullard, the starting safety, um, the starting know, safety that hurt coach, coach Gus. <laughs> yes. The starting safety that, uh, that hurt coach, coach Gus for anybody that, uh, that is not aware last year, coach Gus had to, uh, coach from a, a platform after he fractured his leg. I'm glad that he has, uh, recovered, but not, not a fun play to watch for sure. Um, and then in terms of limited players, there's a couple players that are going to start off really just on the sidelines but but able to suit up. We've got R.J. Harvey, the running back, who last year could have been our starter. Yeah, looking for, forward to him because you're right. He was he was, he was was our potential starter. So it's crazy that he's back. He's back in the mix, baby. So let's see mm-hmm. how he plays out. Definitely. And then we've got Malachi Lawrence, the defensive end, and then Terrence Lewis, the linebacker that we've talked about in our previous episodes, uh, the five-star transfer recruit. Um, redshirt freshman who tore his ACL before last year, so he's still recovering. But better news that, than than others, he is limited. So that means he's at least starting to get back on the field. Um, you know, anything notable in those injuries you want to talk about? Um, no, it was, it was uh, I was surprised to see Terrence on there. I was hoping he was going to be full, ready to go. But you're right, ACL injuries are uh, challenging. Um, but he's not injured at dance because he keeps posting dance videos, so he's good to go there. Those ankles are good to go. <laughs> so I, they might be precautious with him because obviously uh, we, if you're in the known of the UCF, the one, um, the one, the one position group that is kind of uh, a lot of question marks is going to be our linebacker Duff. So um, he's uh, some people think he's going to be a potential starter. So maybe they're just being cautious right now. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, you know, number one, it's spring ball. So, I mean, while that's important, I think you can still get mental reps at this point while still, you know, not taking them out of contention to play in the season. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, obviously we hope Jarvis Ware, we thought he could have a big year last year before he got hurt. Hopefully he comes back and Quadric Bullard as well. I mean, last year we had depth, but it was tested at a huge level because of injuries. If some of these guys can come back and and stay healthy, I think we're going to have just amazing depth this season. Um, the last thing I think we want to touch on before we, uh, move on to the interview is the QB competition. I think that's going to be the thing that most fans are going to be watching in the spring. It's, to me, one of the most important position battles that we have looking into next season. Uh, We've talked on previous episodes how really the three main contenders for that are going to be uh, Mikey Keene, John Reese Plum Lee, the transfer out of Ole Miss, and then Thomas Castellanos, the quarterback recruit out of Ware County, Georgia, who is coming in. uh, He enrolled early and is competing in the spring. You know, um, there was a lot of a lot of feedback we've gotten from some of the press conferences about some of them. Um, you know, I imagine that Keen is going to have the upper hand to start, but Malzahn let it be known that all of them are going to be competing. So we'll see. What do you think? Well, first of all, have you seen the before and after picture? <laughs> Mikey King, <laughs> freshman. Mikey King, sophomore. Man, dude, this dude is. Uh, you should take a look. Take a look at. He's those been in the weight room. Yeah. He looks pretty legit. I mean, his body's taken that growth already. And uh, mentally, I'm pretty sure he's taken that growth step to be in the sophomore season. I mean, uh, Coach Lindsey said that he seems very confident. And uh, even Ryan O'Keefe mentioned uh, in his press conference that Mikey's just a dog. He just got that in him, growing into that leadership role. He's been a, it's been a big jump for him. So that's quoting uh, Ryan O'Keefe. So, uh, and... From what we've been hearing, Mikey Keene's taking the first reps. I mean, it's his job to lose. Um, but like I said, um, I think I think he's definitely going to be our starting quarterback, I would say, if I had to bet money on it, to start the first game. But we'll see. We'll see. It's still early. It's still the first week. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but definitely there's a lot of opportunity for him because he already knows the playbook. You know, he was in that leadership role last year. And he Technically, it's his team. It really is. I mean, he beat the Gators. Right now, we're the best team in Florida, and Mikey King was a part of that. I mean, you might want to call him a game manager, but there's a lot of things you might not know. Maybe they didn't open the playbook for him. You know, maybe they just wanted to play it safe. Maybe now they are going to open up the playbook. You know, so hopefully they will. He's got a new offensive coordinator, so we'll see how that plays into the mix. But like I've always said, Mikey King, he's a baller. He was undefeated his last two years of high school and won uh, state championships. Yeah, he he really came in in a really tough spot last year. I'm sure with Dylan Gabriel, he was expecting to not even have to play in his first year, maybe redshirt. And uh, for him to come in when he did and to lead us to a nine-win season as a freshman with all the adversity, with all the injuries, it's extremely impressive. And he's earned the right to to start the spring and, and as the starter. And the, the fact that he knows the playbook, the fact that he spent time doing this, I fully expect him to take a jump. And if he does then he'll keep the starting job. I have no doubt about that. I'm, you know, um, I, I do think, though, he's going to have a short leash. And I think, you know, as I was saying to you, I think before we even started recording, it was, uh, you know, we had a couple games last season where our offense just looked amazing, you know, and Keen was making some big throws and the running game was going well and we put up 30-something points, 40-something points. But then we have the games like Tulane, like – uh, USF, where we can't even break 20 and we're, you know, the offense is stuck in the mud for such a large portion of the game. In in the first year with Keen, with the injury situation and the fact that he was a freshman, I think he did a great job navigating that. I don't think we can see those same things in the sophomore year. Um, and he's, he won't keep his job if we see those things. You're spot on. And you're right. He does have a short leash because this is, and I said it on the last podcast, this is the best QB room in my opinion. Uh, not included uh, Joey Gateways, Joey Gatewood, sorry. Um, but other than him, um, I like Parker Navarro just for depth. Um, obviously, Thomas Casalano is, uh, you know, he's a stud. He's our first Gus recruit to be a QB. Uh, can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah, you know, I think he's the wild card in this whole thing. I think given the experience we have in the QB room, I think it would be a, uh, an upset if Casalano saw the field purely just because of that experience that he would have to significantly outplay some of these other guys to see the field. Having said that, though, he's already impressing some of his teammates 
most notably Ryan O'Keefe, during his press conference, they asked if there were any plays that stood out to him. And he said, a play in practice stood out to me was Thomas Castellanos getting loose in the backfield. He kind of surprised me with the, with the little moves. He can run a little bit. And that was the scouting report on him coming out of coming out of high school, is that he can be that running quarterback that can not only hit the big runs in, in designed QB run plays, but can get out of the pocket and extend plays and be really dangerous. And we're sitting with a with a receiving core like O'Keefe and Robinson, um, you know, and Kobe, Kobe Hudson, Hudson. Yeah, that if we get into scramble drills, good luck. Key more gamble. Don't forget that we got a stud tight end now. Exactly. Pick your poison. I mean, we got a lot. Our offense should be hit on all cylinders, hopefully, and that's what spring ball is all about. Getting the team tuned up for that. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about your other favorite. That you know, you wouldn't be surprised if he was a starter on day one. JRP. Yeah, so I mean, I think his overall leadership, I think, is going to show. I think his playmaking is going to show. I, I think that no matter what happens with Keen, I think it'd be a surprise if Plumlee didn't have at least a package or two, similar to how we saw Navarro or Gatewood come in. I think he fits into that. Um, whether he does more, I think, is really going to be up to how he performs in the spring and, and how Keen ultimately performs moving into the season. But he's electric. He's going to see the field. He he was a receiver at Ole Miss. Not that he wants to do that, but overall, it, it gives us options. Yeah, and don't forget, Davin Whitner is not part of the spring roster, but he's expected to be on the fall roster, and that's going to be another player to add to our depth. Yeah, just crazy. Crazy QB room. It's, you know, last year when, when Dylan Gabriel went down, um, you know, it was scary. Kinda, it was scary. It was scary. And, uh, you know, not that not that an injury is ever a good thing, but I do feel like we could weather that a little better this year. For sure. For sure. But I think there's a good time to get into our exclusive interview with uh, KD, Kalia Davis, uh, our disruptive defensive tackle that we've loved since 2017. I mean, we all knew if, if you've been watching him, we all knew he was next level talent. So looking forward to his interview, and hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. Yep, and here is Kalia Davis. Hey, Kalia, thanks for taking the time with us here at the Nightcap Podcast. How have things been going for you since the end of the season? Hey, man, thanks for having me, bro. Man, um, everything's been going smooth, man. I've just been, you know, coming off of uh, ACL surgery, just been rehabbing, you know, and uh, obviously I was training for the uh, – the NFL Combine that happened two weeks ago. So, you know, I've just been um, still training. we got UCF Pro Day coming up on April 1st. So, um, down in Miami right now training for that. That's great, man. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I can imagine the rehab up to now um, has been, you know, quite a process getting ready for the Combine. Uh, you know, back back when that first happened, you know, what, what kind of happened on the play uh, October 9th against ECU and, and how was the aftermath there? Um, I think it was like a third and long, and it was uh, I was pass rushing, and then you know I kind of got pushed on the side by offensive linemen, and you know just it was just a lot of force, and you know I tried to catch myself and plant it with my right knee, so it was, it was just you know an unfortunate event, man. But you know I'm I'm doing good, you know I got a great support team that's helping me get through this, and um, you know I've been keeping my mindset up, you know. And I'm just blessed to be in the position I am. I'm in, you know, coming off of uh, <clears throat> 2020, opting out. And, um, you know, I only played five games this past season. So, you know, getting that combine invite, it was uh, it was huge for me, man. So, you know, I'm just blessed to be in this situation. No, nah, for sure, man. I mean, you're a, you're a beast. You were a beast before that COVID year. Um, understood that you had to take it out and would like to hear why. But we were definitely hurting without you because you're so, you're so talented. You pretty much run the defensive tackle the, on the line there. And when you came back this year, again, I mean, you pretty much um, ran it again. And you're definitely uh, – we definitely always thought you were NFL uh, talented. So it was a surprise to us when you got that combine invite. And, uh, I mean, we've all seen it. We've all seen your career. We've seen you develop. Uh, so definitely looking forward to hopefully see you at the next level as well. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. How uh, now? You know, going back to what he mentioned about opting out of your your of the uh, the COVID year, what what went into that decision? And I imagine it was probably a pretty difficult one to to take a step back from football at that time. Yeah, it was most definitely difficult, man. You know, um, you know, it was just you know coming off the pandemic. Well, we were still in the pandemic. We probably still are in. 
Yeah, you're right. You know, so it was just something we've never seen before, man. It was just, you know, a scary thing. So um, it's crazy because I I was actually at school. You know, I was getting ready to play for the uh, the season. We were starting fall camp. And um, that's when um, I think the Pac-12, they they shut down the season and then uh, followed by Big Ten or whatever. And then that's when we was just like, dang, this is like this is really serious, man. You know, so I had to sit down with my my family. My family had a big um, impact on my decision, so I just didn't know what to do. And then I asked my mom, "What what would she do?" You know, she just told me it wasn't worth risking it. You know, the the NCAA gave us a, a extra year of eligibility, so she was just like, "We just don't know enough." You know, there's no vaccines, and we just don't know enough about this virus. To uh, go out there and risk it when we're getting an extra year, you know. So mm-hmm. that really what uh, went into my my mind. That was um, how my mindset was, and that's why I decided to do that. But I've heard you say before there was some positivity to it. You had a whole year to rest your body because with football, it's you know twenty four seven. You're taking a beating, so that you, it helps you like to, to rest your body to come in more focused and strong the next year. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I I was most definitely training in the off season. So I, I feel like that showed on the field in 2021. And um, I really, um, when I came back for spring ball the next year, I, I just felt a whole a difference in um, my body. And, um, you know, I was very fresh. So like when the, we had a new coaching staff, uh, Coach Malzano come in and it was just like, dang, where, where did this guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was feeling on the spring, like they fell in love with me, man. I was, I was feeling rejuvenated out there. And, um, you know, I was, I was, like, this spring really, like, rebirthed me. I was a new player. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you touched on it there, coming in after the COVID year, uh, you know, had to adjust to a new coaching staff. You know, time, your time at UCF, you, you went through three different coaching staffs. Uh, what was that experience like? I imagine they're all probably pretty different. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It was, uh, you know, it was three totally different coaching staffs, too, man. So, you know, it was just um, – Getting adjusted to them and getting getting to know them, you know, that was the hard part, man. Because like, with um, especially with Coach Hype with them, you know, we had two years with them, but like, you know, even on the second year, what well, we had three years with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had three. Yeah. I had two because I was out for COVID year. Right. But um, we've been coming in on the second year. We were still getting to know each other, like you know. So I would, I you would, it most definitely would have been better to like have a one coaching staff, you know, have us all mesh for uh the four years I was there, but man, it was just uh it was an experience, man. Getting to know all three coaching staffs. I love them all to death, man. And you know, if I had to, you know, go back and change something, I wouldn't. Yeah, that that's great to hear. You know, I, I do wonder though, having three different coaching staffs do you think you, you maybe learned a little extra about the game, being in some different schemes, maybe prepare you for the next level in that way? Yeah, most of. Um, you know, uh, my, my high school playbook was very was very simple. So when I got with Coach Tenander, you know, his was very um, complex, man. He had a lot of stuff going in. We was a 3-4 defense back then. So I got to learn the 3-4 defense from Coach Tenander. And then uh, Coach Shannon came in with a 4-2-5. Man, he's a he's a legend, man. He's a uh, a defensive minded coach, man. You know, he's a uh, coach back at the U. And, you know, he's, he's a defensive legend, man. He's a defensive guru. I got to learn from Coach Randy Shannon, and then Coach T. Will. He's a young and upcoming coach, you know. But he brings a lot of energy, man. And he uh, he had a four two five defense, man. And learning from him, learning um, <clears throat> learning his SEC style defense, man. It was just it was amazing. So I I just I love the the knowledge I got from those three coaches and like, I know that they're going to do great in their future too. No, for sure, man. With all that, you're a really smart guy, intelligent guy. So I know that you're soaked in all these three coaches, this information, and obviously that's going to help you on the next level. But I did want to ask you about uh, Randy Shannon. When he came in, were you in that room when everybody got pumped up about the announcement that he was going to be the defensive coach? Coach Randy Shannon? Yeah, when they went Oh, out. yeah, most Dev, man, most Dev. I think him him and Coach Hypo got announced on the same day, I think. For sure, for um, sure. If I can remember correctly. Um, yeah, it was, it was. we was pumped, man. It was just, you know, to believe it or not, like, like um, that was my first time hearing about Coach Randy Shannon. Okay. You okay. Know? Like, 
But when I got to doing my research, everybody was saying he was a legend. I was like, man, let me go look into him. <laughs> you know, who, he, who he recruited, who he got at, at uh, the U, man. Did you see the U back then, bro? Oh, yeah. He recruited all those guys, man. So we most definitely knew that we were getting a great recruiter, man, and an even better coach. So, yeah, we was, uh, we was pumped up, and I was even more pumped up when I did my research. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I know you mentioned T. Will, but I wanted to ask you because, at least from my perspective, I haven't really seen this much. There's usually just a D-line coach, but Malzahn had a defensive tackle coach. How did that help you to have a specific defensive tackle coach? Um, yeah, it, it was uh, most definitely more helpful because, um, yeah, with Heibel and with Frost, we only had one D-line coach. So um, getting that coach to, uh, you know, getting to split up the, the room a little bit. We had a big D-line room, man. So getting to split up the room – a little bit got us uh, more one-on-one coaching and more uh, we got into more detail with our technique because obviously the D tackle on the inside and the DNs on the outside use very different techniques. So I feel like that was a, a lot better, man. And then, you know, Coach, Coach Martin, he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a nerd when it comes to the D-line, man. It was, a, it was an honor playing under him and learning everything he got, man, because he, he did a great job this past season breaking down the O-line letting us know what their strengths and weaknesses was and, you know, doing that every week. So I was like, dang, man, like, I used to joke with him. I was like, man, do you even sleep? Like, how are you doing all this? He got kids at home. He got a wife. I'm like, you know, what, 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 you fit them into your schedule, man? He's like, yeah, man, I'm up all, I get about three hours of sleep, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's most definitely going to be a head coach in the future, man. So shout out to my dog, Cole Martin. Yeah, I hate to, hate to lose him, but glad to hear that he's pretty detailed like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, these coaches hustle, that's for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah, most of So, I got to ask, you had a lot of options. Um, when, I guess, did you have, like, a top three or top two when it came to picking schools? And at the end of the day, what made you uh, pick UCF? If I recall, I think on your visit, you made the decision. I don't know if that's exactly correct, but that's what I recall. Um, to commit, I don't, at least well, that's what I recall from back in 2016, 2017. But I might be wrong. I'm just okay. Well, uh, back from from Pensacola, Florida. So Florida was a big, you know, I wanted to stay in Florida. Okay, that was a big decision. And I was just always come to um, Orlando for spring break every year. That was our family trip every year, and um, I just that was one thing I was looking forward to every year. So. UCF being in Orlando played a big role, man. You know, um, my sister actually went to UCF. Okay. She graduated here. Yeah, so she was she's older than me. And um, I used to always joke around with her. I used to be like, man, go to the uh, football office, man, and tell them to offer me a scholarship. This day when I was in, like, <laughs> ninth and 10th grade. Heck, yeah, that's what's up. You got to hustle them. <laughs> yeah, man, and uh, UCF was my final offer. So I was really waiting on them. Okay. So I would say my top three was um, – UCF, Cincinnati, and East Carolina. Ooh, man. I, wow. I'm so happy you picked UCF because <laughs> yeah, I would have hated uh, playing against you. <laughs> you could have, you yeah. probably would have turned ECU's team around if you went over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, um, I had went on a visit while I was committed to UCF. I went on a visit, uh, my official to East Carolina. And um, I just wanted to take my mom on a trip. Yeah. Or whatever. And um, Coach Sinetta hit me up, and he was just like, man, what, right, what's this I'm hearing about on this, uh, you're an official with ECU. He's like, hey, man, you got you can't do that, man, or I'm going to have to live around, too. <laughs> hey, that was my final visit. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So so making that decision to come to UCF, obviously you've been at UCF for, for a long time now. Did it meet the expectations? Can you repeat that? Did, it, did coming to UCF and, and spending the time here, did it meet your expectations? Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. I, I, matter of fact, they exceeded on me. Like, I never, especially in, um the first year, I was just like, man, like, you know, we're coming off of 0-12 and then 6-7. and 7. You know, I, I'm not going to lie, man. You know, I wasn't really expecting going 13-0, and 0, you know, on that, in that first year. So, like, that was crazy. And it exceeded my expectation. It was a great run. These, uh, when my class got there, it was a great run, man. Yeah, since you brought that up, can you speak about, like, uh, I don't know, you were a freshman, so, like, what was, like, the greatest experience on that team? Like, players you might want to mention. Any story you want to mention about that that, that season? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I just, I, I like the, you know, the camaraderie we have. I mean, uh, the leadership 
um, my, my one of my very earliest memories was um, I think we had eight players that came in. And we weren't early enrollees, but we came in earlier than, you know, the summer group. Got it. And it was eight of us. We came in around May. And oh, wow. One of one of my um, earliest memories was uh, Shaquem Griffin. He called a player-led meeting. I don't know what was going on. I just got there. <laughs> but, like, my <laughs> like, second okay. day there, we had a player-led meeting. No coaches. And they, they was just talking about some issues that was going on the team. And he was just like, man, like, he – you know, he got everybody straight. He got everybody on one accord. I think everybody was going, you know, one way or another with a situation. He just got everybody on an accord. And ever since that day, like, I've seen the, like, seen everybody, like, more close-knit. Like, you know, I've just, I've seen a change, you know. So, and I did, I barely even knew anybody. <laughs> like, from, that was one of my first, like, memories. And, you know, it was Shaquem. He was a great leader, man. And that's just the kind of dude he was. You know, you know, obviously, you see what happened the uh, the next season. Yeah, for sure, one of the all time UCF greats, absolutely. Um, you know, one more thing I want to ask about your about last season, about your time at UCF. You know, obviously, you were a player for a long time, um, but the the time away last year, uh, I think it gave you a chance to to see a game in the bounce house. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, man. I enjoyed my time in the in the in the crowd. I was in the cabanas. I think I watched one in the uh, the press box. I just wanted to see it from a, a perspective, a fan's perspective, man, because you know they say you know we got one of the littest fan bases, one of the uh, the littest crowds. Man, I just had to go up there and see it. When you were in the press box, was it swaying? <clears throat> yeah, man. I was like, dang, how is this man not falling? <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> I kind of I went down. I went down like after the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I heard of you put a couple of waters just shaking up. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy. Definitely, definitely. Um so, you know, moving past the season, you had the opportunity to go to the combine. Uh, you know, what was that experience like? Man, it was crazy, man. It was just, you know, I used to always watch the combine and I seen, you know, Chris Johnson breaking forty record. You know, I just seen like so many people come through the combine, so many NFL greats, man. So it was just, it was a crazy experience, bro. Like I was just, you know, waiting to wake up, man, and, and hope, like thinking that it was gonna be a dream, but it was real. So it was everything that you you thought it would be, you know. So meeting with all the teams and you know meeting all the great players, man. I was hanging with uh, Jordan Davis and you know all the top D tackles. I was in the D line group, so it was just crazy. I met. Uh, Cameron Jordan and, uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings legend, John Randall. They were in our group, the D-line group. So it was just crazy, man, learning from those guys. Oh, I can imagine. I'm sure that was really, really exciting. Um, so leading up to the combine, obviously you're coming off the injury. You're trying to prepare. What were some of the things you you did uh, maybe with um, some outside coaches or, or trainers to try to get yourself ready for the combine? Um, Just – you know, just rehabbing the knee, just making, uh, getting my function back, and you know, trying to make my legs symmetrical again. You know, and that was that's a big part, uh, a big thing in this uh, draft process, just doing that. I know people training for their forties and you know for the bench press, and you know, I got a different task I got to do, man. It's, it's crazy, it's unfortunate, but that's just what that's just the uphill battle I'm fighting, man. Just trying to get my leg back to normal. For sure. Where where do you think that is now? How, how's the rehab been going? Um, right now I'm four months out and it, it's going great, man. It's going great. It's going better than I expected. And um, I just got to stay the course, man. Keep listening to my trainers, and you know, everything will fall in place. So I was going to ask you about UCF Pro Day. I know you said you're going to be doing that. Will you be able to do uh, some activities you weren't able to do at the combine at the pro day? Um, I think that I think I can bench press. Okay. You know, so they want to see me bench press. I get under there, man. All right. <laughs> I throw up a couple of reps, man. Y'all might get out bench me though. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, but uh, yeah. So when you're at the combine, I imagine you probably went through the whole interview process with with quite a few teams. Uh, was that a pretty intense process? Oh, yeah, man, it was, bro. It was the very first night, actually. You know, it was kind of like, um, 
Dude's a crazy experience, bro. It's kind of like he dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> like that, man. But, you know, I talked to I talked to a lot of teams, man. And, you know, it was a great experience. You know, it was a lot of answering those same questions. You know, but um, it was a, it was a great experience, man. So do you get requested by teams, or do you just do they sit in a room and you're rotating between them? Well, it was actually kind of like I said, it was like speed dating. It was like um, thirty two tables around, and then in the middle was like a little waiting area, and you had to wait for a team to come grab you and come talk to you. You know, so uh, <laughs> it was kind of like that. Yeah, so the team just come up and they was like, "Hey, Khalil, come, come can we talk to you, man? You feel me?" So I just. It was just a, four hours of that. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. So what, can some teams see that maybe they're, you're getting interviewed by one and maybe their rival's like, hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was getting interviewed by a team and then I seen like three teams waiting to come <laughs> tap me on my shoulder next. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, always competitive. <laughs> so I know you're, yeah, uh, you're a Florida boy, so is your favorite team in the NFL from Florida or do you have a team from a different part of the country well y'all know i'm a bucks fan man oh, y'all yeah. Read my newsletter. yeah i'm a bucks fan man but you know I'm, I'm looking to get drafted by anyone man anywhere i can see anywhere i can help you know so maybe my bucks you know my, my fandom has to come to an end man <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure man. you gotta you gotta represent where you're getting paid well now i yeah, imagine man. with uh with brady's return you're probably hoping you get back there huh hey, i'm hoping to go anywhere man it's a blessing <laughs> to be on any team bro Fair enough, fair enough. Um, you know, Brady to go. <laughs> absolutely, man. I'm sure any player would be uh, would be excited to play with him. Um, right. You know, when it comes to the NFL, are there any any players that you, you like watching their tape or you try to emulate your game after? Um, well, I'm going to tell you this. When, I, when I'm in the bed before games in, in the hotel, I'm, I'm watching Aaron Donald's I like. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching every week, but, you know, it's it's impossible to to mimic that man he's he's, a, he's the goat he's the defensive goat and um if anybody i'm looking at trying to be like is him you know i'm i feel like i got the quickness off the ball you know i feel like i got strength and just he just um he got it all man he got the whole package well i mean people say he's a disruptor and that's what i would say that defines you you're a disruptor as well you know like i try to be man i appreciate it. i try to be I mean that's what that's I mean that's what everybody that uh you know talks about you always says about you that you disrupt the offensive line and they don't want to play against you. <laughs> For sure, man. You know what? Speaking of uh of disruptors, uh you know one of the big things that have, has kind of come over last year in college football is name, image, and likeness. And I think uh, you were one of the you know unique uh, players that had an opportunity to kind of take advantage of that and and. Really, it looks like you, you were able to take that and run with it, both in terms of your newsletter and in terms of your your Twitch streaming and some of that that kind of stuff. Uh, can you speak to, to some of that, those opportunities and, and how that, that changed for you in your last year? Man, it was um, it was a crazy experience, man. It was you know we was one of the first ones that could you know benefit off of that, and it's uh, I'm I'm glad that you know these guys can actually take a take advantage of this and you know make money you know so it was um it was a crazy year it was kind of new you know it was kind of like you know you dipping your toe in man but i'm pretty sure this year man you're gonna start seeing more crazier things going on but um i, I yeah I, I feel like i i took advantage of it and um i see i see programs getting made to where you know whole teams can you know, benefit off of it too, because there was some guys, you know, on the team, and um, this is what Malzahn was uh, actually worried about. He uh, spoke on it. He was just like, if you see some guys getting deals, and then there's guys not getting deals, it can create a, uh, you know, you kind of divide the team, you know, jealousy and things like that. So I'm glad that I see some, you know, programs getting built, you know, for the whole team can, you know, benefit off of that. And I feel like that's the next uh, step in in this process. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure it's uh it's it's a whole new world for everyone trying to figure it out, but but obviously college athletes getting that opportunity is, you know, a really really good thing. Uh you know, when it comes to you, obviously the, the main thing that uh, you know, I think we we recognize from you is your your Twitch streaming. How did that get started? 
Yeah, man, I've been playing video games for a long time, so you know. Well, I got to um, ask you something about that since you've been playing for so long. What was the first? What was the game that made you love, uh, you know, playing video games? And what was the first system you played on? Oh uh, man, I've been playing ever since um, Sega. Okay. You know, I've been playing ever since then, man. You Heck know, yeah. uh, I remember one of the earliest games I I remember. I don't know if y'all know it. It was called Twisted Metal. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Is that yeah, the one with like a car? little? Uh, it was like you know, if you ever watched the movie Death Race, it was kind of like yep. that. Yeah, you know, I do some remember. Cars that, that try to destroy each other. Then, but that was one of the earliest games I played, man. But uh, yeah, I've been um, Twitch stream. I've been trying to Twitch stream since sophomore year. You know, when I went up to compliance, and I was like, man, um, you know, I'm pretty good at video games, and uh, there's a streaming service called Twitch. Uh, you know, can I, can I, um, you know, make money off of it? They were like, man, no shot. So <laughs> I kind of put it away, man. And then uh, when the name, image, and likeness bill passed, that's when I started picking it up. So I most definitely could have, while I was in college, I, I feel like I most definitely could have um, made a killing off of it. But, you know, I had to jumpstart it. I made a Twitch back in, like, 2017, but I had to, you know, jumpstart it back in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are some of your favorite games to to play while you're streaming? Um, everything, man. I'm actually like you'll be surprised with the games I play. <laughs> like, I can go from Madden. I'm very good at Madden, 2K, Call of Duty, Fortnite, and then I can. Um, I'm actually addicted to League of Legends right now. I don't know if y'all heard of that, but you know. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I play games like you know Elder Scrolls. I play all like every game you could think of. Like, I probably played that type of game. Did you play, like, other sports games other than uh, Madden? Madden 2K. I was just on 2K last night. Okay, okay. Hmm. But, no, nah, I ain't no FIFA guy. No. <laughs> NHL. No, nah, I ain't that. Man. Y'all got me on that. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, also, it looked like you had a couple of things that you would do, you know, try to keep it more regular. Um, one of the things you were doing is going live after games. Did you get good feedback when you would do that? Oh, yeah. I used to have some fans coming through, man, you know. Good game, man. You know things like that, and just come kick, uh, kick it with me, man. I, uh, I advise guys to do that, man. Take a, you know, take the buzz that you get out their games, man, and you know try to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I know you're going to the next level, but do you think you'll still continue whenever you? I guess you get a chance with the newsletter and and Twitch streaming. Um, man, I, I started back up when I you know get familiar with. Familiarize with the with the league and you know yeah that makes sense yeah I'm like a you know I'm like the new kid on the block again man I got to figure everything out but um yeah I'm gonna ask people you know advice and you know get as much knowledge as I, I can you know to become a pro and then when that happens and I'm more comfortable I'm most definitely gonna start it back up yeah you know it is true that's the you got to take it serious because you know one of the um, acronyms for the NFL is not for long league. So you got to focus to make sure you're in there and until you stay in the league. So yeah, once you get all that settled in, then you can go back to doing that. So that's a good that's a good strategy. For sure, man. So are there any NFL players right now that you have played in any of these games or would hope to play maybe once you get to the NFL? Um, I played. Um, I played with one of my good friends. Is Kurt Binker. He's a quarterback for the Packers. No. And he's like one of the, the biggest Twitch streamers in the NFL right now. So, you know, other than Juju. Okay. And then um, he, I met some guys through him. I met um, um, Keenan Allen, the receiver for the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing Fortnite with, uh, with those guys, man. I met him through Kirk. And um, um, I played against Ashton Davis. He's one of the bigger uh, Twitch streamers. He plays DB for the New York Jets. And he's very, man, he's... He's a, a dude at Call of Duty, man. He's like, uh, he's a Call of Duty pro, if I believe. And he plays for the Jets. So I was competing against him. He, he kicked my tail. And uh, <laughs> those, that's about it. That's what's up, man. I wanted to ask you because one thing I love about your newsletters and is like kind of like you have a sport perspective as a sports uh, journalist. So I want to know your take. Can you give us some breakout players you think will be impactful next season? Okay, I'm gonna do the breakouts. I feel like um, Keenan Hester. He's gonna uh, make a big leap 
uh, next year. Keenan Hester. And then I like, um, man, I like, um, shoot. I like, um, my guy, Justin. Hodges? Yep, Hodges. Okay. I like yeah, my yeah. dog, Hodges. Yeah, he had to be one of the better defensive players on the team next year. I was going to ask you, he looks like he could hit, like, from, uh... Yeah, man. I like him. Uh, he, he gives me um, Aaron Robinson vibes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a great comparison. Yeah, then... Um, what about... Man, what about... Uh, I'll tell you a position that I think the Night Nation wants to hear about because uh, we obviously lost uh, two guys last year with Eric Gilliard and uh, Tatum Batum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think on the linebacker? Um, do you think... Like, I know we got Quaid, Mosier, Cole Joyce. Um, there's a player that came from North Carolina. Sorry, his name's not coming to me right now. But you had a, you had a lot of young guys. Are you talking see? about Kadeem? Yeah, Kadeem. Any of these guys you could see maybe, I mean, not necessarily starting, but, like, at least maybe getting in the rotation? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like Quaid. I feel like Quaid is going to be the guys out of that bunch to make a big uh, a big jump forward. Because just because he's been in the defense, he played last year some, and um, he's going most definitely his um, because he's familiar with the defense. So sure. you know we got some guys that transferred in, but you know Koya has that experience and he will on the field already. So I feel like he's going to make a big jump, and you know obviously Gene, Gene, uh, I think he's going to light the spot down. Yeah, uh, you you said you said Kadim or who? Um, uh, Gene Baptiste. Oh, Gene, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, he's gonna. He's for sure our number one linebacker, and I guess yeah. we'll see how the transfers play out. But uh, I definitely want to see like where we're at with Def from you. And then I guess uh, you mentioned some defensive guys. Uh, I know you mainly are playing with the defensive guys, but any um, offensive guys you can think of? Um, I like, um, I like Brody to have a, a big impact on the um, on the offense. Um, his name is. He came from Auburn, the Kobe. Oh, oh yeah. I like yeah. Kobe Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, I mean, he was the number one receiver for Auburn last year. Yeah, I like him to have a big year next year, man. That's going to be dangerous. Um, a little dangerous receiver group with Jay Flash, him, and um, O'Keefe. So. Yeah, since you brought up transfer, I mean, even Kimor Gamble is going to be a good addition at tight end. A lot of weapons next oh, yeah. year. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Him and Alec? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. I guess my last question is, um, I wanted to ask you, I know just so we could hear from um, your perspective on the, like, players, like, for, like, Alex, for example, that were a walk-on, like, that journey is, uh, it, it's really hard, right, to come in and sacrifice to get a scholarship. I know in your case you were honored with a scholarship, but uh, how's it how's it for the walk-ons? Man, it's, it's crazy because, you know, they're, they're out here, you know, because they simply love the game, man. So, like, I wish I could give all the walk-ons a scholarship, man. I feel like everybody on the football team is a scholarship player in my eyes. You know, but, um, man, Alec, he worked, he worked so hard, man. And then, you know, when he, when he got that scholarship, man, it was huge, bro. Because, you know, some guys are working hard every day, man, and they don't get recognized with a scholarship. So, you know, they're just going and going and going on in hopes of um, one day hearing their name get called on that the little uh, team meeting, man, you know, with the videos and you have been put on scholarship. Man, they, they're just grinding for that day. So, uh, shout out to my guy, Austin Camden. He, he's been here for five years. He just got on the scholarship, you know, in his sixth year. So, shout out to him, man. He stayed uh, true to the process, man, and, you know, they they seen how hard he was working. That's great, man. Yeah, that's really it's definitely a huge accomplishment. You know, coming in like a, like that as a walk on and and working your way up to a scholarship. Uh, always exciting to uh, to see that. Um, well, I think that that pretty much wraps up what we have here. Uh, you know, really really appreciate the time, Kalia. Uh, for anybody listening here, uh, make sure to check out his website, kdinthetrenches.com. and uh, and what's your yes, Twitch sir. handle? My Twitch is KDC, is K-D-E-S-I-U-S. Y'all drop a follow, man. I'm going to be live soon, bro. You know, I've been grinding right now. I ain't really had time, but, you know, 
Yeah. Oh, I can I'm imagine. Sure after the draft, when I get settled down in whatever city I go to, man, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start them streams back up. Yeah, just let us know on Twitter, man, or so we can know. Definitely. Oh yeah, most up, man. You know, I always keep y'all in the loop on Twitter, man. For sure, for sure. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Kalia. Really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, good luck uh, with the draft process and, and good luck at the next level. Appreciate that, my brother, man. Good luck with this podcast, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Yes, sir. You too. And that was our interview with Kalia Davis. Really appreciate him taking the time. He's going to be a beast at the next level. 100%. Well, that'll do it for episode three of the Nightcap Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh, We'll finish up tonight's episode with our toast of the Nightcap. This week goes to our UCF Knights women's basketball team, who just won the 2022 American Athletic Conference uh, Tournament with stellar performances by Masin Kaba, Diamond Battles, and Destiny Thomas. Love and credit to the whole team and Coach Katie for the title. Toast to them and cheers, Night Nation. And now we get to watch them in the NCAA tournament. Let's go, ladies. We're going dancing. Come on, UCF. Bring it back home. First game against Florida. Hopefully we can keep that streak going. Oh, please do. Please do. Well, thank you, Night Nation. Uh, We appreciate all the support. Uh, Go Knights. Charge on. Have a good night. And please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UCF Nightcap.